0: You are listening to WTUZ Radio Podcast. Welcome to WTUZ Radio Podcast. I am your host, Rhonda. And today's topic, uh, we're going to do an update on... um, the economy and this particular podcast is going to ch- kind of give a high-level overview of the U.S. budget or the United States of America, which is a corporation, budget. Uh, Congress has a uh, fourth legislation to uh, fund the 2020 budget, okay? We already know that this particular year, uh, they've already had to extend the budget because they were uh, almost about to get shut down. They basically ran out of money. So let's kind of go over that. Um, I follow the, the financial news across uh, various things from mainstream media to specialists, uh, to uh, YouTubers who do an excellent job. And um, anytime you see things start to hit the mainstream media, as we all should already know by this point, that means that the problem is already out of control, okay? So I kind of want to give the family a heads up of what's going on and, again, uh, tie it into overall what the strategy will be going forward, all right, specifically. uh, This is if you have not uh, listened to our particular shows on the – podcast series, Gateway to a New Economy. I encourage you to do that. I will, in the description, I will definitely uh, drop a link, uh, not in the description, in the information you'll see come across your screen, I'll drop in uh, information a link to that particular series. I go in pretty detail on How the Federal Reserve loans money, how money flows through the system, uh, how the value of a dollar is calculated, how that ties into the banks, uh, how the housing market really works and tie it all into what the future of the economy will be and how they're setting us up for a Future economy. So with that said, today we're going to focus on a bill, not a, yeah, it's a spending bill that uh, they're going to put forth. So uh, right now they're saying that the Democrats are proposing this bill and they're saying it's for $3.5 trillion. Okay. Remember, this is going to be the budget for 2022. Now, some folks are saying it's really higher than this 3.5. I've heard as high as it's really $5 trillion. Okay, so let's do a little technology and uh, go over some things right quick. So this is from Heritage Org, the Heritage Foundation. Four Ways to Understand Democrats' $3.5 trillion Spending Bill. This came out September 24th. All right. So, um, he's saying in this article, Key Takeaways, the bill covers welfare, immigration, taxes, energy, families, and much more, making it extremely difficult to comprehend, okay? And they are correct because that bill is about 1,400 pages long. And of course, I don't have time to go through 1,400 pages. I have other things in my lifetime to do. Uh, But if that's what I was uh, focused on for a living, I would definitely take the time to comb through it and I am relying on other multiple sources to do that. And they are doing that and I think they're doing a great job. But just be clear, it's 1400 pages. And this is typically how all of these bills are written. It's 1400 pages and you have different uh, organizations outside of the government that literally writes a lot of these bills. So for example, if I'm representing the energy sector, um, I would cozy up to the particular government official that I've made donation, big donations to over the years, and pretty much give them The legislation, the energy legislation I want passed or what energy, uh, I can't even say donation shall, or whatever energy tax breaks for the energy industry I want for my particular sector. That's how it's really done. Now, they don't want to admit that, but a lot of investigation has been done where industries are not only writing legislation, but they are also heavily influencing the financing, how government spending is working, okay? So we should know by now that government spending is funded by the people. So meaning money coming out of your wages your investment from your labor okay so second key takeaway the three point five trillion spending bill is enormous even when compared to other major pieces of legislation and long term federal programs this legislate third key takeaway this legislation is simply too long too expensive and would do too much damage to the economy to properly justify it, okay? Now, let's just remember, those of you that followed us on the series that we did Gateway to a New Economy, we told you that the value of the dollar is directly tied to the amount of money that is borrowed, okay? So in other words, let's just use, I think we use the example of an apple. Say an apple costs 50 cent, okay? But as more and more borrowing happens, that brings the value of the dollar down. So the more borrowing happens, it causes inflation. So meaning the cost of an apple starts out at 50 cent, more borrowing happens, that drives up inflation. So meaning the cost of an apple goes up to 75, 75 cent. You are witnessing, that's what's called inflation, Okay. We talked about that in that series and what our mainstream media finally starting to admit now, although I said months and months and months ago that inflation will happen, I said months and months and months ago, we will see inflation before the year ends. And here we are in October and we are seeing inflation at the gas pump, in the grocery stores, so on and so forth, okay? So when you talk about inflation, you're talking about it costs you more money for the same goods. That's simple inflation. So meaning it takes more dollars to buy the exact same thing. Okay. Hyperinflation is when that same 50 cent apple now costs you a dollar. Okay? So that would pretty much mean your the value of your dollar is really nothing. Okay? So we're already at the point of inflation When the Fed Reserve was giving updates throughout the year, he said that inflation was just going to be, maybe it'll happen, maybe it'll be temporarily, and he didn't see that happening until the first of the year. I said, uh, he may be right, I don't think so, I think we're going to see inflation start to rise at the end of the year, and sure enough, we are at that point. Okay, I also talked about folks with the stimulus packages and the stimulus checks going out, them STEMIs, I said those have to be paid for. That's borrowed money. And again, the more borrowed money is the higher amount that has to be paid back from the American taxpayer. And then the flip side of that is inflation. The value of the dollar is less. All right. So just to recap, I know I keep going over that. Bear with me for those of you that know that information. This is for any of um, our new folks that are listening so we can understand what is really going on. Okay, so House Democrats have unveiled pieces of the $3.5 trillion spending bill over the past several weeks. Most legislation focuses on specific issues, which makes it possible to have constructive debate. debate. However, this bill covers welfare, immigration, taxes, energy, families, and much more, making it extremely difficult to comprehend, okay? So we should remember the whole big stink over immigration recently. So with the Afghan um, immigrants coming through the border at alarming rates, which nobody didn't get approval from the American public. Nobody asked what we thought. They were just allowed to go through, okay? Now, with immigration, most of the time comes the component of welfare. Even if it's at a temporary state until you can get those immigrants working, that particular population is still going to need some form of welfare. So we have the Afghan um, Immigrants coming into the country. Nobody asked the American public. And then the latest round was the Haitian immigrants, which they were coming in through the Texas border from um, South America. Some say they were working in South America for some time. Uh, Either their work visas were up or they uh, purposely traveled through, uh, from Haiti to South America to get to the Americas, uh, a lot of them were stopped at, or supposedly a lot of them, I don't know specific, the specific numbers, were stopped at the border and, uh, some were rounded up and sent back to Haiti. And it's said that some were, um, are going to be allowed to stay and process. Now, some feel that it was a racial issue. And if you want to take that stance, that is fine. Um, I am taking the stance of immigration, period. From an Afghan perspective or Haiti perspective. And the reason I'm taking a hard stance on that is because of Who is paying for all of this? That's my stance. Okay? But I do agree it should not be a preference of one group over another. That I totally agree on. My stance is it's neither group. All right? So let's keep it going. All right, providing context on this tax and spend bill's size and cost helps bring into focus just how radical it is and why some Democrats are now pushing back against it. Let's get ready. Number one, 27,000 costs per household. The U.S. Census Bureau 2020 data shows that there are 128.5 million households in the United States. If we divide the cost of the 3.5 trillion package across each household, the numbers are substantial in relation to a family budget. So just to be clear, they are saying that if you uh, spread out the cost of $3.5 trillion, because remember, when they borrow, when they're talking about this budgeting, they're borrowing money from the Treasury. Not from the Treasury, from the Federal Reserve. Let's be clear. They are borrowing money that has to be paid back. And who pays that back? You, the American public. So if you spread out the $3.5 trillion package that they're proposing across all of the American households, that's $27,000 per household. So they just did a little bit something slick here saying, you can buy you uh, this Toyota RAV4 for that price. You can buy five years of groceries for that price, 13 years of clothing and tailoring. Or you can take that $27,000 per household and build it into an investment nest. Okay, and they gave you the calculations that if you just get six percent return average over thirty five years, um you can build up two hundred thousand k next egg. So in other words, if you're gonna squeeze me for twenty seven thousand, I know how to make that twenty seven thousand work a heck of a lot better than you do, okay? All right, but peep game family, see how much return that you would get by investing versus, versus spending, okay? So let's say if you knock down your clothing and tailor budget, uh, you can afford to invest and over time, you can have a nice little scratch. So just that that's just a little game, them throwing it in there. And that is why people are so anti-tax. This is why folks are so anti-tax. Because that's $27,000 being taken out of your home. So let's continue. <clears throat> the legislation would cost over $27,000 for every household in America. That's more than the cost of a brand new Toyota RAV4 sports utility vehicle or five years of grocery groceries for a typical family or 13 years of clothing purchases and tailoring for an average household. The left tries to deflect from the exorbitant cost by pointing to tax increases focus on high-income households and businesses, okay? So just for you to understand, do you understand why folks are upset about taxes in general and why each individual should be concerned and understand not only how money flows, But how your hard-earned labor or energy that translates into wages, whether or not that's wages, whether or not that's uh, via your businesses, whether or not that's via your investments. Either way, all of those are generated from you. It's being squandered okay? All right, yet that fundamentally misunderstands how the economy works, okay? So using the excuse that we're going to tax high-income households and businesses, okay? Now, I just did a drop on how the investment firm BlackRock is an oligarchy. It is a whole nation within itself based on its uh, revenue size of 10 trillion. I don't know how much taxes BlackRock pays okay but I can use Amazon as an example which is hitting the two trillion mark and they pay very little taxes. Now let's be clear that is no fault of those companies. Let's be clear that is no fault of those companies. They are doing what they are supposed to do. They hire tax attorneys and the top tax accountants in order to get the best tax strategy for their businesses. Okay? Those top tier companies do what's best for their businesses to pay the least amount of taxes. They're not doing anything illegal. That is what the law allows. Okay? So same with high-income households making over a certain amount of threshold and businesses. Okay? So in other words, those that are able to afford good tax attorneys, And good tax accountants are able to pay less taxes. They are not doing anything illegal. So from a percentage perspective, who pays the most taxes? That would leave the wage workers as well as the small businesses and the middle class. When the government increases taxes on investments, there is less incentive to start or expand a business, which is the source of the job creation and wage growth that all workers depend on. In addition, the tax hikes and the massive spending bill would place American businesses at a severe disadvantage with our global competitors, okay? Which is, you know some of the justification why um, some of the big agglomerate companies set up business operation overseas, okay? Over time, high taxes mean lower wages, higher prices, and weak return returns, plural, for individual retirement accounts. In contrast the uh, 2017 tax and tax cuts and job act which would be gutted by the tax hike helped drive strong wage growth and low unemployment before the pandemic. While now I would just play a little bit of advocacy here. What type of jobs are they creating? Okay? just want to keep that in there also. What type of jobs are they creating? Are they jobs that are um, a sustainable wage. Okay? While we don't while we don't yet know exactly how much the new legislation would add to the national debt, it would likely be somewhere between 1 trillion and 2 trillion. That burden would be layered on top of y'all. See this mess? Twenty-eight point four trillion in existing debt. Child, get ready. I'm gonna have to wet my beak. Sniff some water. Twenty-eight point four trillion in existing debt, which amounts to. for every household in the country. Do you understand what they are saying? This is the debt that the U.S. corporation has ran up and is laying purely on the backs of the American people for generation after generation after generation after generation. Now, how many households do you know that's even at a $219,000? So that already right there tells you that there's a huge deficit. Let's continue. Adding recklessly to the debt would increase risk to the health of the economy and add to the immoral and unsustainable burden being handed down to future generations. Number two, a 111 year spending spree. Y'all hear that? Now, I don't know about y'all. I don't know about y'all. I wasn't around when uh, uh, they was doing all that uh, spending back in the day. But let's continue. Stores will occasionally have a contest where the winner gets to buy as much as he or she can over the course of a few minutes. Even under those circumstances, in most stores, it would be impossible to grab $1,000 of goods per second. The 3.5 trillion spending bill equates to spending $1,000 per second for 111 years straight. Now, remember, that's just the 3.5 trillion that they're talking about adding on top of the already 28.4 trillion existing debt. Yet, the spending would be crammed into just a decade, meaning that the legislation would enable a spending spree of over $11,000 per second over 10 years. So I want you to personally break out your calculator on what your particular household income is and break it down to the second level. And you pretty much should know where your particular household falls from an income perspective. Are you middle class, upper middle class, on the beginning entry of middle class? Are you on uh, the lower spectrum of uh, entry-level wages or above, you know where you are on that scale. If you break it down, your particular household income, break that down per second. We know most people are not going to come out with some 11000 Per second. What would Congress buy with all that money? An army of taxpayer funded climate activists, new welfare programs that would disincentive work, corporate welfare for politically favored sectors like journalism and green energy, and increased risk of nineteen seventy style inflation. Which, folks, that's what we are starting to witness. Inflation is just beginning, although it was hidden in inflation. But now they are publicly admitting that we are in um, an inflation, an inflationary period. Okay. Gas prices off the chain. Um During this year, we also saw where uh, some particular cities and areas were running out of gas, right? So the whole 1970 inflation, child, they ran out of gas. It was off the chain, this, that, and the third. Okay, so that's what they are talking about here. Um, Now, the welfare programs, um, I can say that, um, this whole pandemic situation really, really, really blew the lid off of what a lot of working poor people have always said about not, um, even though you may work, that you still do not have a living wage. Because what happened when the pandemic and the shutdowns came into play and they were sending out the stimul- the federal stimulus packages and folks were able to draw regular unemployment and then the federal government supplemented the state's unemployment so folks were getting a higher unemployment check. So basically the group that they're calling the working poor, it was literally, they were making more money sitting at home. They made more money, okay? So when they talk about those welfare programs, is it, it, we are at the point, family, then it's deeper than someone receiving a welfare check. Okay, it's much, much deeper than that. We're talking about the stimulus packages that were given out and had to continue to be given out to just keep the economy from collapsing. Right? Now, when they talk about green energy, uh, you'll hear... Folks talk about a carbon tax. So meaning if your company emits a certain amount of percentage of carbon, you'll be taxed this amount, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The higher your carbon emissions, the more carbon tax your company will pay. The lower carbon emissions your company emits, the less carbon tax you will pay because the goal is to get companies from carbon base to clean energy specifically. It looks like they're going in the direction uh, short term for electric, but they're eventually going to get into what I call old world technology where they are using um, electromagnetic energy. But nonetheless, when you hear green energy, and it's an associated tax to it. That is what they mean, okay? Now, they have not implemented the carbon emissions tax. That has been a controversy for quite some time. And as a matter of fact, Trump card was totally against it, okay? But I just did a podcast on um, BlackRock is the Oligarchy. And in that particular podcast, we went over a new concept that is already underway called Companies that Have a NAC Approval or Strategy, which is Natural Asset Company. So, And it basically means that your company is a green company. You're not carbon-based. You are natural energy-based. And they are going to uh, flag your company with that title, and it will be recognized on the New York Stock Exchange, etc etc they're also accounting for that and the GAAP which is like the general accounting practices so if they're doing all of that that makes me feel that they're going to start giving some type of tax breaks to companies with that NAC which is natural asset company versus companies that are still carbon which are going to be heavily taxed okay So just giving you some insight, and you're going to keep hearing me talk about these particular terms, because as they become mainstream, and they will, you will already know what they mean, okay? So that's not a good deal for the American public. Number three, far more expensive than major programs. The $3.5 trillion spending bill is enormous, even when compared to other major pieces of legislation and long term federal programs. Okay, so they have a nice little uh, graph for us again. Tax and spend package, package versus major federal spending program figures in inflation adjusted $2021. $20, okay, so this is what they have on the table. For a package, $3.5 trillion. Now, others say it is high as $5 trillion. Once you dig through the 1,400-page bill, uh, it's as high as $5 trillion. Okay, so veterans benefits, 2800000000000 trillion. Y'all see this? Childhood. Clutch pearls, clutch pearls. Y'all see this Care Act? CARES Act? That pandemic demi. Do you all see that? Remember when I told you all months ago that them stimmies, none of that stuff is free. Okay. Paying for the cure for the hoochie coochie, y'all know what I'm saying. I don't want to be censored. You know how you could uh, uh you could just drive up and go get it, and now you can still walk in and go get it, and you don't have to pay for it out of your pocket. That ain't free either. Okay. And that's including the grants that's given out to the businesses because of the impact of the shutdown that was made. They accounted for businesses needing to be compensated for that. Okay? So you remember folks that were running them scams? To take out them loans, I forget child, don't, I forget the dog on loans, what you call the loans. But y'all know what I'm talking about. Folks dropping in your inbox with that foolishness on how to apply for them loans It's real easy to get. And I just politely blocked their so-and-so. And now folks getting locked up for it because people were milking the system for a like, I think I saw as high as like 1.5 million. And you had some D-less celebrities (laughs) that's getting locked up for that scamming. Well, none of that is free. All of that's a part of that 1.9 trillion. Obamacare, 1.1 trillion. Two trillion over ten years. Now, those of you that um, are either entrepreneurs or you have your small businesses pre Obamacare, you know what the cost was for you to go get a policy for yourself and your family versus when. Obamacare hit, it was like night and day. I know for a fact personally, the cost skyrocketed and the amount of coverage you got was just sickening to the stomach, okay? So that's the big problem that folks had overall on Obamacare. Folks say that it killed the competition of getting those personal policies and policies for the small businesses. It made it more expensive. And I can attest, now that's only for the individual level, can attest for people that have small businesses and you have a certain amount of employees. But I can tell you that at the individual levels, that is absolutely the case. And in some cases, you could you can't even get, depending on what state you're in, an individual insurance policy anymore. As soon as Obamacare hit, they force you to go on to Obamacare and the cost. Now this was. When it first came out, I priced it out. I don't know what it is now. It was double the cost. Okay? So Obamacare, $1.12 trillion. Interstate highway system, five five hundred $543 billion. Okay? Right? So they're telling you where they're getting that from. Uh, White House Office of Management and Budget, Congressional Budget Office, uh, Congressional Research Service, FRED, and the American Society of Civil Engineers. All right, the inflation adjusted cost of the interstate highway system through its completion in 1992 was uh. billion. The cost of veteran benefits from 1962 through 2020 was $2.9 trillion. Do you all understand the cost of wars? And that's not family even factoring in, of course, the actual lives lost or the lives altered. Amazingly, both decade-long federal efforts cost less than $3.5 trillion spending bill. A more recent example, yeah, so I mean, if you, so what they're saying is, if you look at, through 1962 all the way up to 2020, so that's well over 50 years, if you look at the veteran benefits, it totals 2.9 trillion. That's less than this 10-year 3.5 trillion spending that they're doing. And if you look at the highway, which is 1992 to up to today, so what? That's over 30 uh, 30 years. It's uh, 543 billion. Okay, so they're just trying to show you. The uh, tremendous amount of cost that's associated with this 3.5 trillion that they're proposing for 10 years versus 50 years and 30 years, just using these two examples. A more recent example: the CAID or the Pandemic Aid Relief and Economic Security Act. Which was the key federal response to the pandemic outbreak cost one point nine trillion. Y'all get that? That's just from the truth about Rona. One point nine trillion. So what that's been 2 years 1.9 trillion The initial 10 year cost of Obamacare was 1.1 trillion in today's dollars the cost of those two enormous bills falls well short of the current package So they saying, all oh, you have to do, blood, let's not sit up here and pretend with each other. I ain't got it to get to be playing with folk. You just take the pandemic cost of $1.9 trillion and Obamacare, and already that's more than this three point five dollars uh, and some change. But let's continue. Over 2,400 pages of jargon and legalese. Although final legislative text is still in flux, what has been released by House committees weighs in at over 2,400 pages, and there will likely be some additions before it's said and done. Family, this is how they get away with this crap. This is exactly how they get away with it. Because while we are all busy trying to take care of ourselves and our family with our energy, i.e. labor, we don't have time to go through 24 pages to see what the heck they are up to, but this is exactly how they get away with these shenanigans, okay? And to be fair, as a collective society, as a collective American society, we don't require them to go through this. This is worse than (coughs) you sitting down. (coughs) Excuse me, family. Child, it made my throat all discombobulated to think about the amount of shenanigans shenanigans they have in this 2,400-page budget. That would be equivalent, family, to you sitting down with a 30-year mortgage for a home or for a car loan. You don't know what any of the terms are. You don't know the cost. Maybe you know the cost. Okay, let's say you know the cost. You don't know what the interest rates are, any stipulations, any of that. You just sit down, plop it down. Okay, this is what you're borrowing. Sign. That's what... This is even worse than that. Because not only... Is this about you in the now. This is about future generations. So meaning your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. Moderate Democrats have made a modest request that they have at least 72 hours to review the bill before a vote on the House floor. Now, I don't know about child, player. I don't know about y'all. I know how I do due diligence. 72 hours is not enough time for me to review a 2,400-page document of this importance. Heck, on a mortgage, you have 30 days before you could tell them, You know what, no, player, this this ain't going to work for me. You might as well go on with that. You can literally get up to the day of mortgage closing, and they sit the paper in front of you, and you're like, no, I'm good. You can go on with that player. Something came up. I can't do it. Okay? But the car, I think it's 24 hours, if I'm not mistaken. Yet, there would be nowhere near enough time to ensure that the final product doesn't include big mistakes or hidden handouts. Yeah, because again, I don't see how you can go through 2,400 pages within 72 hours. Reading legislative text isn't like reading a novel. Nope. Rather, legislation is a dense soup of legalese. And references, yep, to existing federal laws that take serious time to consider. At a pace of five minutes per page, someone would need 202 hours straight, not 72 hours, to properly read such a mammoth piece of legislation. And let's be clear. Not yeah properly read is absolutely correct, but I also want to put in there you have to have the knowledgeable people that are able to not just read over it but that's able to go to go through what that legal ease means go to the references to ultimately really pinpoint and understand what they are saying. And they not fencena, they not think enough to convince bois that they have the right people reviewing this. I don't trust Congress, House legislation, them. I don't. I don't even think that they're savvy enough to do that. Let's continue. This legislation is simply too long, too expensive, and would do too much damage to the economy to properly justify it. Rather than rushing to centralize power and control in Washington, D.C., through a series of tax hikes, hikes, and new entitlement programs, Congress should take a different approach. Restraining spending, Maintaining a pro growth tax code and reforming existing benefits to make them financially sustainable. This would pave the way for a post pandemic economic boom that would benefit all Americans. Okay? So this last particular part, rather than rushing to centralize power and control in Washington, D.C. through a series of tax hikes and new entitlement programs, Congress should take a different approach. Restraining spending, maintaining a pro-growth tax code, and reforming existing benefit programs to make them financially sustainable. Okay, so meaning you just don't keep borrowing more money with a larger amount of money and you haven't changed the root fundamental issues of why it's taking you so much money to run these programs. Okay. So, again, this article is from Heritage.org. Uh, I think they did an excellent job from the Heritage Foundation. Four ways to understand Democrats' $3.5 trillion spending bill. It has not been passed um, as we um, so far. Um, as of to date, it hasn't been passed. Some people think that it will be passed. We're going to keep an eye on it, okay? So I did want to show you, uh, and I'm going to do some follow-up shows um, on the financial stuff, too, to get us all caught up because it's a lot of stuff going on, family, okay? So uh, this particular graph is from Statistica.com, uh, and it's just the total receipts and outlays of the U.S. federal budget from fiscal... Year twenty, I'm sorry, two thousand to twenty twenty-six. So they're kind of projecting, okay. Um, so the amounts in millions of U.S. dollars, okay. So as you can just see, um, what they are spending, or uh, what they paid—that's the receipts over the years. You just see them keep ticking up. Where was two thousand and eight? Okay, because I want y'all to make note of that. Move that out the way, Rhonda. So you can see up to 2007, you see how it peaked in 2007. Y'all see how that bad boy peaked? And then you see by 2008, remember 2008, the world went broke. Child, that's a mess. Not just one person, not just ghetto United States. Because contrary to popular belief, The United States Corporation is ghetto. They ghetto. And folks want to criticize. Other folk not paying their bills. The United States government is ghetto. Okay. Just straight ghetto. Collapse the doggone world. Pretty much. Okay. So. You can see 2007; it was at its peak, and 08, 09. You saw that they had that no choice but to stop that spending because they ran out of money. Okay. Now that, as you can see, as they started adding back in more money, 2010, you see it start going back up. So you get to 2013. 2013, they were already back at the spending levels of 2007, right before it crashed. And so when I was telling people that it it never recovered from 2008, they were, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Yes, I do. Data and numbers don't lie. They had already gotten back up to the spending levels per the 2008 crash by 2013. By 2014, they had outspent what they did in 2007 before the crash. Okay, so now we're far exceeding the spending levels from the 2007 crash, okay? And folks don't believe that we're in a bubble? Oh, okay then, whatever, okay? So this chart is just showing how if they keep on the trajectory that they're on now, it's just going to continue to go up. Okay, what I am saying, what they are going to do, now this is just my personal opinion, my personal opinion, the economy will crash again. But this time, when it comes out of that crash, it's going to be a total new economic system. Uh, the dollar is going to be crashed as well. They're going to move to a digital Currency system. And then they're also going to move to from a oil-based economy to a uh, sustainable energy, i.e. what they're now going to call companies are going to be labeled natural asset companies. Okay. So moving the world from oil-based and dollar or petrol dollar to digital and the technologies are going to be accelerated with robotics with AI with machine learning and we've already gone over that that with those things comes a set of huge job losses Which is going to create a sector of folk that are going to have to be retrained to be able to earn a living in a robotic AI economy. And those that cannot be retrained, they are going to have to go on to some type of government-sponsored welfare program and uh that's when uh they're gonna talk about uh shoot i forget what you call it um the pro the national program that they've been talking about for quite some while what um wayne was talking about basic basic income universal basic income will be the new form of welfare, okay? Government-sponsored welfare, because as that economy change, it's going to be the sector that will not be able to compete in the new economy of uh, robotics and AI, okay? So that's, again, what my predictions are for where they're moving the economy, I do believe this is just my opinion. I do believe that this collapse is a planned collapse. I do believe it is a planned collapse to move the world from the petro dollar to the digital economy and age. Okay? I believe this is a part of what they're calling a reset. And these resets occur based on the energy of the planet. And if you want to put it in the esoteric sense, what they're calling the ages. So we are going from a major age shift. Okay. And if you would really lay it out, you can line up the rise and falls of empires and within those empires the economic structures with the ages so who what kingdom was ruling in the bronze age etc 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 those were many resets we are going into a big reset because we have moved from the Pisces age into what is called the Aquarian age. So meaning this is a big energy shift, all right? So all of these things are interconnected family. Make no mistake about it. Billionaires and trillionaires use what folks are calling astrology, which it is really just the movement of energy. So that means if they're using astrology or the movement of energy, they are planning things out at a minimum of a hundred years in advance. The top tier 1% plan things out thousands of years. Hence, resets. It is all interconnected. It is energy. Because you are the energy that drives all of this. Make no mistake about it. You are the energy that drives this. Without your labor, i.e. energy, none of this is possible. So that's why it is very important for you to be in tune with yourself, i.e., your energy, but also be in tune with what's going on with the game. All right. So, the very last chart I wanted to show you all, just real quick um, this is from Data Lab. And you can see yeah, if they go into detail. Uh, revenue, spending, deficit, debt, et cetera, et cetera. And I'll leave all of these links to these things in the description. You can uh, explore them in more detail yourself. Uh, It says in 2021, the federal government spent 2.77 trillion more than it collected, resulting in a deficit. Now, child, I don't know where, you can keep spending more than you make on a regular uh, on a regular basis. Cause wouldn't that be bankruptcy? Wouldn't they be foreclosing on your home, honey, snatching cars from you, turning off lights, gas, water? Where they do that at? Where folks get to continuously spend a significantly amount more than it earned or in this case, collected, that they didn't shook out of our pockets via your labor, via your energy, okay? So family, I just wanted to bring this to you all to keep you aware. Uh, we're gonna watch and see what that final bill is. Um, I'm gonna also uh, do a couple of more follow-up podcasts because uh, it's so many other things that's uh, underlying, that's going on from an economic standpoint, and it's directly tied into the shift from an oil-based economy to a natural asset economy, which is really just part of a reset. So uh, thank you all for being patient with us. And if you're not subscribed to us, I highly recommend Uh, You give us a subscription. Check us out. And thank you to the family for your support. It is much appreciated. This is Rhonda with WTUZ Radio Podcast. Peace and love, family.